Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Paul Chambers. Paul, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Kevin, thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. So we were chatting off camera just for a second there, and, and I told you for three years, I've asked the same question about, you know, and just ask people, tell us a little bit about yourself. But you know what? I had this, this epiphany from above walking the dog this week, and I've got a new question for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sneak it in on you here, but if you were at a networking event, how would you introduce yourself to me? Oh, so this is, so here's, here's the funny thing about that question is I wear a lot of different hats and, and throughout the course of my life. And, um, I used to own a chain of gourmet popcorn stores. I used to own an IT services company. Currently I have two businesses. One is a, a website development company. The other is the subscription trade association. Uh, I dabble in Kepsiva. So when I go to networking events, sometimes they could have been like popcorn, you know, like catering and networking events. They could have been IT companies. So I'd always have to like put that other hat on. But two things I always tell people at a networking event. One, uh, you know, I've, I'm so fortunate to, you know, I tell them a little bit about my business. So quick background, I run the Subscription Trade Association, which is the world's largest direct-to-consumer trade association for subscription-focused businesses. Uh, and alongside that, we have SubSummit, which is our conference uh, that pre-COVID grew to over 1,000 attendees during COVID, uh, over 3,000 attendees. And now uh, we're coming out of COVID here, hopefully, and we're going to be back to, um, we're doing virtual and in-person. Right. Uh, so that'll be the September uh, in Dallas, Texas. So that's that's a lot of my life right now. But the the number one thing that I often tell people and kind of finish up with is I also have the world's most amazing wife because she tolerates all these different hats <laughs> and four amazing children that I love spending time with. So to wrap up, what I heard you say is you have a subscription gourmet popcorn business. Is that, <laughs> exactly. Is that, now, that's, that's a good idea. <laughs> you see, folks, he's writing that down right now. Don't that, give me any more That ideas. will be on the web within 90 days live. So when I hear the word subscription trade association, I'm thinking nonprofit. I'm thinking it's all these subscription box owners that have gotten together and they, it's like the, the power of the group. You know, you have group buying power, you have group lobbying power, you have, you know, just all these things. So is this a for-profit? Is this a not-for-profit? Is it, I mean, what's the genesis of the trade association? So we are a for-profit business, uh, but we run it almost as a, a nonprofit in a lot of ways where our focus is on the community mm -hmm. uh, and our focus is on growing, uh, you know, great events, great education, bringing people together. And interestingly enough, we didn't really start this as with the business in mind. And, and when we first launched, we actually led with the conference. So Rewind six years, uh, partnered with Chris George and John Haji, they came to me with this idea for a company called The Gentleman's Box. And at the time, John kind of dreamed up this idea and he's like, you know, I, I see the subscription box craze growing. Birchbox was big at the time, mm -hmm. just scaled to a billion dollar valuation. Uh, and he's like, I don't have time to get out and shop and I like looking good when I go out. And so he said, what if we put a box together that was, you know, like $25, $30 a month and it came with a tie 
pocket square and a pair of socks that all matched, create an ensemble for you. And, you know, we, so we started to expand on that and we came up with the, the gentleman's box. Uh, John came up with this idea and brought it to me. And I was doing website development at the time and said, you know, Hey, I'd, I'd be interested in helping you grow that. Uh, I'd love to take an equity stake in exchange for charging you fees. And the rest was history. So two years into to building that, we wanted to attend a conference to meet other like-minded subscription box owners. Google, Google, Google didn't exist. Nothing. We're, we're crazy, stupid entrepreneurs. We're like, we should do that. It sounds, that sounds easy. We should make a conference for subscription box companies. And uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult. If you've ever run a, an event before uh, I, I call conferences like weddings on steroids because mm -hmm. everybody needs to be happy. And, yep. and when, when we say that we truly take that into consideration, we want the sponsors to see value and, you know, what they're paying for it to be there. We want the attendees to feel value and meeting other people and networking and learning. We want our speakers to feel value when they're there for the time that they're giving, but also they, they get, they should be able to meet the people they want to meet. And so we started that and we expected to lose money on the first conference. We held it in Detroit and 2016 and we made a couple bucks. We're like, cool, let's reinvest this in the next one. And let's reinvest that in the next one. And, Eventually, we spun up the trade association, and here here we are today with over two thousand members and continuing to grow it. Now, is it a free membership for for subscription box owners, or is it like a monthly subscription subscription fee? What's the what's the business model? We'd be remiss if we didn't have some sort of monthly subscription in there, mm -hmm. being in the subscription space. But <laughs> we do have a free membership uh, to allow people to get involved, be part of the community, uh, engage in our Slack chat, Facebook group, different things like that. And then we just introduced and rolled out a new paid membership that's only $9 a month. So it's almost like that no-brainer uh, type membership. It gets you a several hundred dollar discount to sub-summit tickets. Uh, you get greater access to partner discounts and different features like that. So that and everything you mentioned earlier about you know creating you know the various different uh, committees and, and different the buying power and things like that, right. you just being a sub to member as well. So what's been the response from um, when you first put this, this summit together and other subscription box owners, you know, you're, you're out there, you're kind of sending out email blasts and Facebook groups and however else you're attracting, you know, people to this idea. I mean, was it like, you know, angels singing and was like, oh, and, you know, finally, like, honestly, like, it, like, it almost was like angels. So here's the crazy thing is I remember at the very first sub summit we held and this was in, in Detroit in 2016. We we're so fortunate to have Michael Brookham, one of the co-founders of FabFitFun, come in and speak at that event. And we, we got there because uh, we had asked Liz Cadman, who ran my subscription addiction at the time. We said, hey, Liz, we're putting this event together. We'd love to partner with you on it. Do you know anybody that can help us you know, bring people in the room? She goes, yeah, I know FabFitFun pretty well. One email, a couple of emails later, all of a sudden he's coming to Detroit to meet with us. So he's in Detroit at the event. He just spoke. We're, we're at our evening reception that night, sitting at the table with us. He's like, guys this is going to be bigger than gentlemen's box. Like this event and what you guys are doing right here, this community that you guys are building, don't look past this. Look at what you're building here. And it's going to be bigger than that. And we were able to grow and scale gentlemen's box pretty well. We actually exited last year uh, to Cigar Club, found a happy home for it, for them to continue to, to build it and its mission. And now our focus is solely on, on what we're doing with Subta there. And uh, it's, it, it was one of those moments when he said that it's like, wow, you know, because nobody else was really doing it in this space mm -hmm. and still really don't have a lot of like big competitors out there. And, and that's, you know, and I think it's because 
you know, we've just, we've really set this high bar and we continue, continue to raise that. When we put events on, we, we invest a ton in the experience. We invest a ton in making sure that there's great ways to network. And we put on the cube awards. We literally roll out the red carpet. I have like a 300 pound roll of red carpet sitting in our warehouse that we take and put for our cube awards. So right. it's, it's been a lot of fun for us. Now, the beyond just the the summit or the the conference that you put on, and, and whether it's virtual or whether it's in person, what other services do you does sub to provide? Are there training courses? Are there you know matchmaking with two founders or you know one? I'm looking for a co-founder. I'm looking for this talent. You know, act, you know, person to come on my team. What are some of the other kind of tertiary services you provide? Yeah, so there's some of that that we do right now. And admittedly, there's a lot that we're continuing to expand on and grow. Um, but, you know, so if somebody's just getting started in the subscription space, the partner discounts can can offer a ton of value. So, you know, companies like FedEx and DHL, mm -hmm. they offer discounts that you, you know, wouldn't normally be able to get going to them direct because you're a sub to member. Uh, we have, you know, these, these great communities, these Slack and Facebook groups that bring people together. Uh, all of our previous sub-summit content so somebody can go in and, and watch and learn from all of our previous content that we have out there we put together. And then even um, one of the things that we're doing, this is part of the conference, but we're expanding on it this year, is a pitch competition. Mm. So subscription companies that have just started in the last two years that are really just getting going can submit to our pitch competition. And we're doing two rounds of virtual pitches and so we're going to, we're going to take 10, 10 companies, have them pitch in our first virtual round. Two finalists from there will be flown into Dallas for presenting at SubSummit Live. And we're going to do another round of 10 companies and pick two more finalists to go to the pitch competition at SubSummit Live. Wow. And, and that's fun for us because we get to you know, nurture the startup community right. and help these, these newer subscription companies grow. And there's a $10,000 cash prize, another $10,000 in services prize as part of it. So a total $20,000 prize package, which is a lot of fun. And is there, is there any thought about inviting like angels, angel investors to come in and, and watch these pitches? I mean, if I'm, yeah. I'm an angel investor, I may want to, Hey, I, I think this has legs. I mean, absolutely. And we, we've actually had that in, in previous pitch competitions. So we've run the pitch competition for the past. This is our third year now of, uh, of the pitch competition last year. Uh, one of our judges, you know, afterwards, even during the, like when they were judging and talking, they said, you, know, you guys uh, have a great idea here and actually probably something I'd, I'd invest in. And they had a side conversation afterwards and, you know, you know, trying to see if something came from it. I'd love to eventually get to like a, a shark tank type, sure. type thing yeah. that we could do. It would be a lot of fun at, uh, at sub summit, but we're, we're, we're building into it and continuing to add to and enhance what we're doing. I mean, I, I love the, the concept of kind of building up, you know, kind of going through almost rounds or stages to kind of yeah. qualify. It's like a funneling down to the very best, best pitches, mm -hmm. but, and you, you kind of touched on this, but, but uh, I'd like you to kind of drill down and get really grand granular here. So you and I are going to step on an elevator. We're going to go up 10 floors. You got about a minute. Give me your best. If, if I'm a subscription, if I'm even thinking about the space, give me your best sub to pitch. Well, are you asking in terms of um, pitching sub to in itself or pitching why somebody should be in the subscription space? Hey, it's your elevator ride. <laughs> <laughs> you decide. 
We always find something to talk about in an elevator ride. You know, pre-COVID, it was a lot easier talking to people in an elevator ride. Okay, fine. I hit all the numbers on the elevator. We're going to stop at every floor. So it's going to take two minutes to get right. right. You can cover both. You know, let me, so I'll tell you this. Uh, When we talk about the subscription space, one of the things that, you know, we often remark about is, you know, subscription is really the new frontier in terms of e-commerce. And our, our theme for upcoming event is shaping the future. And we see subscription as a great opportunity to continue to shape the future because it not only creates, you know, you get that single transaction point that continues to build and creates a much longer lasting relationship with the consumer than just that one-time purchase. Mm-hmm. A subscription builds a relationship between the brand and the consumer. And that's something you can't find anywhere else in e-commerce. And that was about the first five floors. I could certainly go on for the next five floors if we if we continue to hit. No, points. I I mean I fully I think that <laughs> I think the model is really an interesting model. And and um, I if I'm a if I'm a a brand, it makes perfect sense because yeah. it's it kind of creates that monthly recurring revenue. It's it's the you know it is growing revenue over time, and it's and it's not a one off transaction. It's it's multi transactions in a row, and we've got their credit card information. And unless they stop it, it may continue to to churn, but if I'm a if I'm a consumer, how do you overcome the the one-off transaction mentality that that I have with Amazon, you know, or that type of things? Like, like I don't I don't need a tie every month. I need, you know, I, I want a tie. I want one tie. Mm-hmm. And so, what's how do you move me from I just need one tie to you know that's that's actually a pretty good idea to to get a tie every month or get a tie every yeah. quarter or whatever that is. When you look at physical uh, subscription commerce, there's really three different areas, kind of the the trifecta, I think, of of subscription. You've got discovery and delight, which is what Gentleman's Box was, mm-hmm. where you're not necessarily going out to buy a tie. What you're what you're looking to buy is um, a lifestyle. We call them like right. lifestyle products. Yep. You know, I want to look good. Our slogan at Gentleman's Box was "Look good, feel good, be good." And so you're buying into that lifestyle. You're buying into being introduced to new brands, introduced to things you wouldn't maybe necessarily go out and purchase yourself. That's one side of subscription. The other side is replenishment. And I don't mm-hmm. necessarily go into Amazon and look for to get a new tie every single month, but I will go into Amazon and sign up for batteries to come every so often, sign right. up for razors or diapers right. or, or toilet paper, things that I need on a replenishment basis. The other thing that Amazon's really good at is, and I often say this, is providing so much value in their subscription, you really don't realize when you're, when you're paying that Amazon Prime mm. bill every year. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I get afraid to say this too loud because I, I don't want them to follow, follow up on it, but I don't think they're charging me enough. Mm. Like for everything that I get out of Amazon, I feel like there's so much value there in Prime and in video. And that's, that to me is a really good subscription. That yeah. if I, for, I don't even know when my prime renews every single year. Right. You know, and so, you know, so, so you have that aspect of it, that replenishment, the discovering delight and, and what, what Amazon has provided on their side though, too, is the access mm-hmm. and, and getting access into Amazon video, getting access to the prime membership and the shipping discounts, getting access to different things. Uh, we did, um, John Hodge and I just did a subscription review live of vinyl me, please. And vinyl me, please is a, a vinyl a record subscription and uh, you get a new record, you know, every single month. But what they also have is members get special access into certain prints that they're doing, certain records, certain vinyls that they're, they're dropping out there. 
And unless you're a member, sometimes you won't get access to them. Other ones you can buy. And if you're a member, you get a discount. So they're providing more mm-hmm. and they're, they're really giving a lot of value to, to that relationship out there. So there's just, it's really about exploring what works best for your brand. And, you know, there's uh, Furnish has a furniture subscription. There's, you know, the, the, like we talked about earlier, the toilet paper subscription. So it's, it's what works with you and the consumer best for your brand. So I'm, I'm thinking like, like, as you were talking, I was thinking just that kind of the different verticals that, you know, subscriptions are, are in, they're virtually across the board in, in yeah. almost anything you can imagine. I mean, other than maybe buying cars, but um, and one thing with Amazon, it's almost like they have an unfair advantage, even with prime, because it's not just that I have the subscription to prime. It's that they have all these purchase opportunities that are just, that I'm constantly bombarded with, you know, as a result of the subscription. So it's right. like, you know, they're, they're not just making money off the subscription. They're making money off of everything they sell, you know, as a, as a part of that subscription. But, um, tell me, let's, let's drill in really like into the like the, the meal prep space. I mean, that oh, was, yeah. that's a famous, Huge. you know, kind of case study of plated or home fresh or, you know, just a number of different, yeah. different options. How come some make it and some don't in that space? It's a tough business. Uh, you really have to be well capitalized to, you know, to really grow there. I mean, Blue Apron was one that went public. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were criticized pretty hard early on because their customer acquisition costs were really high. Yeah. and I mean, that's what you do as a private company. You drive, drive, drive to acquire customers, spend, 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 get them in the door at whatever cost and hope that they stick around long enough. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's math to the model there and they, they figure out what it's worth to acquire a customer, but it's a competitive landscape. I mean, I know in our house, we turn on and off HelloFresh mm-hmm. and we've done Blue Apron in the past as well. Uh, and HelloFresh, you know, it's a convenience thing. Yeah, I mean, we have is. four kids. And even yeah. though my wife is the world's most amazing wife, there's only so many hours in the day. Right. And not enough hours for food prep and making sure we can get to soccer practice and baseball. And, yep. you know, I have to stay late for work and those kind of things. And so there's that convenience factor of it and introducing us to new meals and things like mm-hmm. that. But it is like it's a it's a tough space. Um, and, you know, you have to spend a lot of money you know, to, to get the shipping, right. To make sure you've got the buying power on the food and things like that. Right. As, uh, as part of your, I guess, research or, or just the, you know, just observations through SEPTA, what are some, some subscription areas that are, that really are great niches to be in right now? And maybe what are some that, you know, nobody like you're, you're going, Hey, that that's an absolute gold mine right there that so few people are even, they're not even looking at. Well, I think, you know, there's, there's a ton of opportunity still going forward in subscription. I was actually reading an article on trends.co uh, the other day that was suggesting that uh, electronics subscriptions could be a next big wave uh, in Europe. They're seeing big growth. Uh, you know, there is high search volume, uh, pre-COVID for laptop rental near me. And so mm-hmm. people are looking at, you know, different, different ways to uh, get things that they, they, they need, but maybe they don't need all the time. You know, if I'm traveling, I need a laptop. That one's a little weird to me, but uh, you know, one of the things I often talk about is it's interesting in, you know, like my neighborhood, there's a little cul-de-sac we live in and there's six houses. We all own lawnmowers. We all use our lawnmower once a week. Mm-hmm. Why on earth do we all each own a lawnmower when we could just like have exactly. one common one that we maybe go to and, you know, yep. 
And so things like that, looking and seeing where there's need and exploring spaces that are unexplored, Furnish has done a fantastic job with that because they what they saw is people's lifestyles are changing in terms of how often they're moving. Uh, millennials and, and Gen Z are continuing to have these lives where they're moving from apartment to apartment to city to city. Mm. And so buying furniture every single time that would maybe fall apart and not last was silly. Whereas you could rent it or subscribe to it, get it for that 12, 24 month term of your lease, and then they would find a happy home afterwards. So there's also the sustainability model to it, which right. really resonates with those next generations. Sustainability is a very big yeah. thing. Huge. And so, you know, you have a bunch of winning factors there that are helping build this new era of business. Now you're buying furniture through that or you're renting it through the subscription? Essentially service? renting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they consider themselves a subscription company. And it's funny, I've talked with Lucas Dickey, one of their co-founders about this at length. And I said, you know, where do you interchange the words rent versus subscription? He's like, it really depends on kind of the marketing message and what we're trying to get out there. Mm -hmm. In essence, you know, they're, they're, they're a rental company, but when consumers look at it as a subscription, sometimes it's a little bit easier to, to wrap their head around, um, you know, and so there's, there's, there's opportunities everywhere. What, and the other one I talk about a lot, cause I'm manifesting, I'm going to have Elon Musk on my stage someday at sub summit. That's my dream. Uh, but early on, he said, Tesla will be a subscription company, a car subscription company in the end, they're building all these aut autonomous self-driving cars. And so the concept and the theory is that someday you'll have your car parked in your garage. And when you're not using it, people who are subscribed to the Tesla program can summon a Tesla to come and pick them up and take them somewhere. Mm, wow. And as a subscriber, that's that's the benefit you have. So you don't have to actually own the car anymore. You can be part of the network and have access to a Tesla that will drive to you, pick you up, take to where you're going and go back to the owner's household. And as an owner, I can get some revenue from that as well. I I, uh, I almost had a, like an out-of-body experience there as you were kind of describing yourself. You said, okay, I, I live in a cul-de-sac. I have four kids <laughs> and, I, and I turn home fresh on and off. And I'm thinking... <laughs> I'm sorry, are you talking about me or you? <laughs> it's the same life. Exactly. It's like, it's like my doppelganger here. You know, it's, you're just describing me, except you're 20 years younger. This um, world, this world that we live in now. It right? is. It's just it's a crazy train for sure. You so, probably get the same Facebook ads too. Now that iOS 14 uh, is out, so yeah, it would be much right. different, I'm sure. I mean, Alexa <laughs> just told me thank you. So yeah, that's right. She heard me. But so you are both a practitioner and kind of a resource. So, I mean, are you still running Gentleman's Box? Uh, we're no longer running Gentleman's Box uh, be, after since the exit. Uh, last October was when the transaction completed. And now we're, um, we're, we're focused. We did the, just finished the transition up with them. And now we're really focused on the trade association. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's some brands that we'll, we'll talk with regularly and advise and, and help. Um, you know, and, and looking at different aspects of that. And that's, what's really fun. We were able to continuously look at different pieces of the industry. Right. It was helpful when we had gentlemen's box because we really knew the intricacies of the day to day, yep. Yep. but we're so involved now with a lot of the brands. And the and headaches and pain points too. Yeah, that too. Yeah. You know, it's, and, and that's one of the challenges we, you know, prior to, to pressing the record button here, we were talking a little bit about that. You're mentioning, you know, is it your, your, your yeah, daughter, son my daughter? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, have a subscription box and, and that's, you know, I'm sure they, they know the challenges of it because, you know, you, you have to buy so much inventory sometimes and you have to, you know, you're constantly, you know, fighting for new customers and you're worried about right. retention. And so there's, there's definitely with, it has its challenges. 
So statistically, what what survives in the subscription space? Is it high ticket items? Is it low ticket items? Are they, is it monthly? Is it quarterly? I mean, do you have data that says, you know, okay, we can kind of break this down quantitatively and say, okay, if this is like the perfect avatar of a subscription box success, it's, it's kind of this niche, it's this cost, it's this frequency, it's this, you know, it has this many items in the box. I mean, is it that granular? So I don't have any hard data on what survives and what doesn't, but I will tell you this, speaking from experience and also from speaking to a lot of other subscription companies, oftentimes when you're looking at Discovery and Delight products, a quarterly quarterly model Mm -hmm. can be a little bit easier to manage Mm -hmm. from a, a standpoint of if you have that much longer, you have three months versus one month to move the inventory that you have, you have more time in between to curate that box, to curate that experience. Because whenever somebody tells me they're starting a monthly subscription box, my very first response is build your first 12 boxes out of the gate. Do not build the first one or two and get to, you know, and you get rolling with it. And then you're just, you're constantly playing this game of catch up, right? You go build the first 12. And what I mean by build is, is curate, figure mm-hmm. out what's going to be inside of them. What yep. are your profit margins? What's it going to cost you? Uh, how many do you need to, to order? And you can, yeah, there's some math to that. There's some predictability in terms of looking at, you know, what, once you get rolling, how many you're going to need. Um, but quarterly we find really is a much easier model to work with in there. Um, we see that uh, companies that, that pay attention to the data that ask their subscribers questions and understand what their preferences are, even if they're not taking that and changing their box or changing their experience, but if they're understanding like, you know, oh, we liked, uh, we liked these Halloween pillows a lot. Uh, we liked this decoration for our mantle quite a bit. And they start to learn like, okay, mantle decorations are good. Mm-hmm. People like those, they can increase the retention in there. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of success in that too. So this is an interesting question that I, that I try to ask a lot. And it's, uh, as we're talking to like startup founders about the idea between say, passion and it's just a good idea so what do you think how important is being passionate about the idea versus the fact that you're just an opportunist and say you know what it was a space there was there was an opportunity there i you know i knew we could make money doing this you know uh, i'll sell tree bark if if it'll make money you know nobody's passionate right. about tree bark but you know you understand the question i mean what's oh yeah 100%. How, how important is that is and especially even developing like your personal why in the midst of right. that right i think it's super important and i think people see it in the brands that have that from their leaders for sure 100 i think am i you know it'd be bold of me to say that there isn't a single company out there that hasn't been successful without a passionate founder behind it because it happens, right? Mm-hmm. People see opportunity. They're like, Oh, I should sell these green widgets because everybody's looking for green widgets right now. I don't really care about green widgets, yep. but I'm going to sell a bunch of green widgets. Right. And that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but to build a brand, I often say building a brand is one of the most difficult things to do because you do have to put that passion into it into it. You do have to invest appropriately. You just spend a lot of time curating that. And then when you start to grow and you bring on team members, if you don't show that and display that passion, they're not going to be bought into it either. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not going to get behind that message and what you're doing. And so as 
especially as the next generation of buying power comes into play, they feel even more of that, even more of, of engaging with brands that have purpose and meaning behind them. So I think right. it's super important. I, I also think that, that uh, you know, when you encounter difficulties, it's easier to kind of just push through them if you care about what you're doing versus, I mean, you described the guy selling green widgets. He, he could be selling something else tomorrow yeah. and there would be zero impact on his, his life or well-being or, right. or even, even, you know, his conscience, so to speak. Yeah. But um, so tell me the, how do you think COVID has, has impacted the, the subscription box company? Have you seen, you've seen overall the market has an uptick because people are now home. They can even get it online anyway, or have you seen it, had it had a negative impact or just kind of flatlined? So it's interesting, very timely on the question, actually, and I know you didn't know this, so it wasn't a, a fake tea up here, but we actually have a COVID report uh, coming out here in the next uh, week or two, where we we dove deep into that, what mm -hmm. were the impacts of COVID on the subscription economy, uh, and and what I can tell you, you know, came out of that, re that report and that research was, we, we did see significant growth in mm -hmm. subscription during COVID, and that's because there are a lot of conveniences that were associated with subscription and, and right. from these subscription companies like HelloFresh and Blue Apron. Mm -hmm. People struggle to go to the grocery stores. A lot yep. of grocery stores were sold out. So where do you turn for meals? You can have one shipped to you that already has everything you're looking for right. there. Uh, you know, I mean, when there was a big run on toilet paper. I was going to say, uh, did HelloFresh deliver toilet paper too? <laughs> they don't, but there's one, there's a funny name, a company called Who Gives a Crap. <laughs> uh, wildly successful during COVID and toilet paper deliveries, they sold out. And what's cool about them is they have a big give back component. So they were able to give millions of dollars back as a result of result of that. And people are probably still sitting on that toilet paper, yeah. uh, you know, and, and so, but it was bamboo and it was sustainable. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, so COVID definitely, you know, it spurred all of e-commerce. And so subscription definitely is part of that too. As COVID, you know, slowed down. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it, but as people started to get out a little bit more and, and vaccinations came out, you did see a little bit more churn and, and people trimming down maybe some of their subscriptions. But what it did do is it did increase people's perception of subscription in a positive way, right? So mm -hmm. that they're more likely to say, you know what, actually we will, um, we're going to start streaming all of our, our content now at our house. Because we realized during COVID, you know, we, we like Disney Plus and Hulu for yep. local TV. And so there's more engagement, more adaptability to that now, too. All right. So you mentioned you had a couple of co-founders as well that mm -hmm. for Subta. So has it grown to the point that it's, you know, it's, it's your only gig, it's your full-time gig, it's paying, you know, it's buying your HelloFresh boxes every month? Yeah. So we've been very fortunate that uh, we've got an amazing team. I mean, this studio was all set up by Bradley, who's over there behind the camera uh, prior to me walking in. And all of our listeners uh, just said, hi, Brad. So yes. <laughs> hi, Brad. Uh, you know, in um, I was able to hire my brother uh, who lives out in Colorado to come on and, and help us and with our content and production coordination. We've got Liz and Lauren and Jen and Louie and uh, you know, so our new interns over at Subta here, uh, Jackson and Nadine. And so we've been so lucky to be able to continue to grow our team here at Subta as a result of the growth that we've seen through our conference and the trade association. Mm -hmm. And it definitely, 
definitely takes most of my time. I still dedicate a lot of my time to my digital marketing agency. Mm -hmm. I've had that business for 24 years and we're fortunate to where the, the digital agency element five is sort of a, an in-house resource an in-house sure. agency for Subta. Yeah. So when we need design assets, when we need websites designed, whenever we need anything, we don't have to have that hire dedicated team members just to do those things or go out and pay an agency to do it. Right. We give ourselves a discounted rate for doing all that work. Right. Plus it helps on taxes too. So, you know, you, Absolutely. Can, you can charge one company against <laughs> the other for sure. Like, oh, this one's made too much. We got to shift it. So what's what's in store for Subta for, Subta for the next, say, 24 months? What, what do you, what's that up, up and right hockey stick looking like? Yeah, well, you know, we're excited uh, to get back to in-person events. Um, and the way we're designing our in-person event for 21 is with a, both a virtual and live in-person component because everybody's comfort level is just a little, still a little bit right. different right now. And if they're ready to get back out and able to, because still, there's still some travel restrictions, then we're happy to host people at SubSummit this fall. Uh, if not, we're going to do a virtual component so they can watch all the content live streaming and still take part in various networking opportunities and different things like that. Uh, in 2022, we'll be back to our normal dates. Uh, we're going to be going to Orlando. You're actually the first one to get this news. So this is a good, this is a good inside scoop okay. right here, folks. Yep. Uh, we'll go back to our dates, which are the, the week after Memorial Day at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Resort. And my kids are super excited about that. <laughs> Dad, let's go to Orlando every year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and that'll be, you know, we were traditionally in that date pattern every mm -hmm. year for a conference and, and COVID shifted things around a little bit. So we'll be excited for that. And we're, we're seeing the continuous growth in the subscription industry and the subscription economy. So we're excited as Subta to continue to support that. So really, you know, continuing to roll out new offerings within the uh, trade association and, and new ways to help support the community. So how does one go about booking a venue for an event that you don't know how many people are going to show up? You, it could be 50, it could be 500. That's a, so, I mean, COVID has made this especially challenging because I mean, you know, that's, and, and it's not just who's going to show up or how many are going to show up. It's also what type of restrictions will be in place at that time mm -hmm. yeah. and what's going to shift and change. I mean, yep. this is before we could look at the data, we would always know, okay, we sold this many tickets in the past. We think we're probably going to trend towards this number based on previous growth. Uh, our first event was 200. Our second event was 500. Our third event was 700. Our fourth event was a thousand. And then COVID happened. Mm -hmm. We, we thought we were going to trend to about 1500 at our next event. Um, so this, you know, my, it's, it's especially challenging. I mean, especially as we were booking, I was out booking our 2022 venue. What I did was booked with flexibility in mind. Mm -hmm. And what's great is a lot of the hotels are much more accommodating and understanding now than ever before. Right. And flexibility and offering more space. So there's more room for social distancing and things like that. But it's tricky. It's, it's a very, it's very challenging, challenging thing to work through right now. You know, a lot, a lot of hotels have kind of these collapsible walls. So you can yeah. go from 200 to 400 to 800, you know, pretty, pretty easily just by moving walls around. But so I, so we're kind of wrapping up today here. I, I've got a, I've got a crazy question for you that uh, it's kind of been on my mind. So if you woke up tomorrow and Subta didn't exist and, but with the knowledge you've got right now and you're, you want to jump back into the subscription box 
you know, landscape as a, as a business owner, what is, what do you think you would do? What, what would be the, what would you focus on? What products would you, would you have? How often would it be that type of thing? So I don't know if I have an immediate answer to like what type of product I'd probably do some research and you really see what some of the needs are out there and, and where some of the opportunities lie. Um, I would, you know, we would often say this as we're building gentlemen's box for like, man, if we had built a product targeted towards women, it probably would have been a little bit easier for us. Uh, and that's based on data that we, we saw, um, you know, my subscription addiction would, you know, present a lot of data, data at our conferences that suggested and showed, you know, the average woman subscribes to six to eight subscription boxes where a man will have two or three, you know, so there's a lot more interest out there in buying power in that space. So finding something targeted towards women could be, could be interesting to look at. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm absolutely obsessed with trends.co right now mm -hmm. and looking at what they're, what they're writing about, what you're seeing happen out there. I think there's some fun opportunities, you know, with NFTs coming up, can you integrate a physical item that has an NFT component to it, where you're, you're getting a digital asset as well as part of it. That's a really neat thing. There's a lot of really cool stuff in AR. So I love exploring those kind of things. And, you know, <clears throat> what's fun is we get to hear a lot of the inside scoop on these things, but we share all of that knowledge. And so, you know, if you're, if you're watching our, our content, our podcasts and listening to things that we do, you can certainly hear a lot of those great ways to grow a subscription business as well. What about uh, the crypto coin of the month? You know, like, there you uh, go. Like subscription. I mean, I, and you don't know, have a little write up of, of, you know, the origin of that particular e-currency and whatever. Yeah. So it um, could be and, the problem and, is that would be really hard to, to estimate what the value is going to be every month. I yes. mean, you could lose your shirt in March and make a <laughs> claim to give everybody May. Dogecoin, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. oh man, I can get a million Dogecoins <laughs> for 20 bucks. And all of a sudden it's like, nope. Right. <laughs> Sorry, we went out of business. Thanks, Elon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. The Doge father has cost us our business for sure. Yes. <laughs> cost our business. Well, Paul, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to kind of wrap us up with today and then maybe just tell people where the best place to find you online is? Yeah, that's, that's actually what I was going to wrap with is, you know, I we welcome anybody and everybody to join Subta for free under that free membership. Uh, they could go to subta.com. That's S-U-B-T-A.com and join. We have got our premium membership that we'd love anybody to part participate in as well. If they find value in it and uh, sub summit, you can go to subsummit.com and tickets are on sale now. And if anybody has any questions, you can always email us at let's talk at subta.com. And we're more than happy to, to answer questions. And we have all the usual social channels out there as well. You can find us subscribe and follow all the good things we're doing. We'll make sure that the website is in the show notes and uh, people can reach out to you. But uh, thanks again for taking your time on this Friday afternoon to, to share your story and, and let us know more about just the subscription box space, because it really is a fascinating space. And there's been a lot of money made in that, in that particular yeah. arena, you know, in the last few years, but really appreciate you just, just sharing with us and just really playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Paul, have a great weekend. Yeah. Absolutely, Kevin. Thanks so much for having me. You do the same. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.